Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Mitchin, a weekly food podcast recorded from Sydney, featuring myself, Andrew Levins, and my two co-hosts, Acme's Mitchell Orr and Pinbone's Mike Eggett. Say hello, gentlemen. Good morning, Hi. Andy. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, <laughs> today we're doing a bit of a special episode. We are not at the Mitchin table. Instead, we are at a, uh, a lovely suite at uh, the Ovalo Hotel in Woolloomooloo. Um, we're here because our guest is staying here at the moment. He's come all the way from Decatur, Alabama. Um, and his name is Chris Lilly. Um, I ate at his restaurant when I was in Alabama three years ago. Um, Big Bob Gibson's Barbecue. He is the executive chef and numerous other titles at, uh, at Big Bob Gibson. Um, he also has taken home many ginormous uh, world championship awards um, across, across, the, across all over America, including the... Uh, what's, the what's the Memphis one, Chris? The... The Memphis and May World Barbecue Championship. That's like the one, right? That's the one I want to win. We rolled some good publicity out of that one. <laughs> um, you also took home the title of, uh, was it the, the best smoker? What's the invitational one you do? Do uh, one called King of the Smoker. It's a 2014 invitational of the best in the U.S. And where's that one held? That one's held in California in December, which is our... Uh, it is our winter time, and the weather out there is absolutely gorgeous, and it's sunny. So, uh, so I think I would go out there and cook that one, no matter what. But it is very, very prestigious contest. So we have one of the best barbecue pitmasters, uh, the uh, the many many times awarded king of the smokers from uh, from uh, the states from Alabama. It's a barbecue episode. We've also got another guest, the king of the smokers from Redfern. <laughs> Was good. Different kind of smoking. But still. <laughs> Thanks for spelling it out, Mitch. Yeah, the rap just, group I'm style just, of smoking. Yeah, I'm just being the everyman today, bro. That's my role for the day is the everyman. <laughs> um, Rowan Dix, a.k.a. Joyride. You hear him every week on the Mitchin. He does our theme song. Was good. That award-winning Aria... Um, um, you know, chart smashing two seconds of uh, his voice singing what our podcast is called. Um, uh, Rowan and I are actually working together uh, this week on a... Usually we DJ together um, mm. in the clubs all over, uh, but we're doing something special this weekend. Um, the reason Chris is in town is for a big event called the Yaks Barbecue Festival. And... Um, uh, Chris and numerous other chefs from around the world are coming together to be part of... I guess it might be one of the first actually big... Uh, big scale barbecue competitions in Sydney and there's one in Melbourne as well um, and uh, Rowan and I are DJing but we've also been asked to be barbecue judges on the day yeah which I find maybe mildly offensive given my lack of good knowledge with uh, 
anything. <laughs> anything, really. Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about anything. I thought you'd be concerned, so uh, that's why we had you in today. Chris is going to give us some hot tips, what we should be looking out for in barbecue. And I guess we'll be talking, about, talking to you about the barbecue scene in the South and how it compares when you visit other parts of the world because, I mean, you are one of the, one of the kind of... You were recently named uh, 15 out of the 25 most influential people in barbecue in America at the end of last year. Um, I don't know uh, if is is, is 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 that like a chart that you regularly like try and up your number on or? I <laughs> uh, no, I do not pay attention to that chart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we're going to try and get some tips from you. Um, now, Mike and Mitch are both chefs and uh, have both won numerous awards over the years. Um, when you win an award in Sydney for having a best restaurant or best new restaurant or best chef, you at most will get like a commemorative plate that's a you know bigger size a dinner plate i've been to big bob gibson's in alabama and they do not fuck around with the awards that you get for winning a barbecue championship you like i feel like it's getting to the point now where you're going to have to like extend your space and do some refurbs because you have I mean, I'm, like I'm, when I say like a hundred awards that are taller than me, that's that's true, right? I'm not even exaggerating. It's it's a it's an insane museum of of, of barbecue awards. You know, it's one of those things. It's a local restaurant, mom and pop restaurant, but it's been there since 1925. So I'm uh, fourth generation. So we've been doing this a long time. But uh, the people that come to our restaurant, they like to know what we what we do, where we going, um, where we're visiting. They're all on pins and needles now to hear all about my Australian trip. Um, but, yeah, they like to see the trophies. They like to, to know we've been out uh, preaching and teaching uh, barbecue all over the country, all over the world. Yeah, because, I mean, in Sydney, a lot of people that are listening, unless you, unless you like myself, you, know, you, you, you read about barbecue being eaten elsewhere and really have to go there and seek it out. It's, if, if, you hadn't, if you haven't gone to the South and experienced barbecue culture, it, it, it's pretty unremarkable from, from, from the point of view of how it gets represented in different cities. Like in Sydney especially, like to most people, barbecue is like a lackluster... People, like, people say pulled pork, but really that just means like slow-cooked pork in the barbecue and then they just put a bunch of barbecue sauce over the top of it and serve it in like a hot dog bun. And, uh, <laughs> and like you would be surprised, like that was like, you know, you can now get... They do pulled pork at like fast food joints down here and it, you know, it was just like this... this it became this buzzword without the love for it that uh that that it comes with you know with, with so so many years decades almost 100 years if not more of, of barbecue history um when you do tours like this is it you know are you, are you hoping to kind of share that love or you know are you already finding that love when you meet the people that come out to the events that you're involved with yeah definitely a little of both uh you know i get a when i do do events all over the world or, or the country and uh ease out i there are people that have this interest and it's already there they are craving uh, you know, how to cook low and slow, indirect heat, you know, real southern barbecue. You think about where I come from in the south, um, uh, and um, it's it's different. You know, 15 years ago in uh, northern United States, people, it's the same thing. People thought barbecue was, oh, I'm going to fire up the grill, I'm going to throw some, you know, hot dogs or hamburgers or bratwurst or uh, you know, I'm going to grill hot and fast directly over the coals. That's barbecue. Well, it's it's not barbecue, especially where I come from, the South. Uh, barbecue history goes back uh, decades and decades in the South. Uh, true American barbecue is where, the like the slaves and migrant workers, would take the worst cuts of the meat or the whole animals that they had raised themselves 
And uh, so you're talking the whole animals or cuts like uh, beef brisket, which used to be a cast-off cut, or ribs. Those were no good. Nobody wanted those. Uh, so they would take these bad cuts of meat, these tough cuts of meat, and turn them a succulent tender uh, by lowering the temperature, cooking over indirect heat for a long period of time. Now think about this. When uh, somebody goes in their village or their little community and cooks a whole animal, it's not just their family. It's not just a couple friends coming over. It's the whole village. It's the whole community. Community. So barbecue for me is more than the meat on the grill. It is how you spend your time while the meat's cooking, and more importantly, who you spend your time with. It's the whole part. Believe me, if I ever invite any of you to Alabama to come to a barbecue, you better bring your sleeping bag and a pillow because it's going down all weekend long. That's barbecue in, in the South. It's community. It's fellowship. It's hanging out and chilling around the charcoal grill. Uh, just enjoying time while the meat cooks. Uh, Chris, can I ask, can you ex- uh, describe just to Sydney people what like Big Bob's is all about, like what the space is like, and if you go there, what can you expect to eat? Like if you and, were sending out a plate, what, what should we... What should we have? Like, to give you an idea, like it, I, I went to so many different barbecue joints. The menu was easily the biggest <laughs> at Big Bob Gibson's. Can I know who Big Bob Gibson is too, please? Okay, so... Uh, so <laughs> Multi-pronged questions. Just tell us everything. Tell us everything you know. Yeah. <laughs> we have to really pick our spots because otherwise Levin's never shuts up. <laughs> so uh, Big Bob Gibson. So he was my wife's great-grandfather who worked for L&N Railroad back, in, uh, back at the turn of the century. So um, that was his job. But on the weekends, he loved doing barbecues. So in his backyard, he had a hand-dug pit, and he had some old uh, picnic tables nailed to the trees in his backyards. And he was known for—that was a place to go on the weekend for his family and friends, and even more than that. He got to be so crowded on the weekends, people coming to, to eat his barbecue, that he says, you know— I don't really like working in, in the railroad, and I love this barbecue stuff, so I'm going to open up a restaurant. Uh, so that's what he did um, and uh, and been doing it ever since. So, um, again, uh, fourth generation here. When you come to the restaurant today, we still have the old-fashioned brick pits in the back, uh, you know, chimneys on both sides. We use nothing but hickory wood. Uh, as far as menu items go, uh, it is diverse, uh, but it's traditional barbecue. Uh, you've got to have our barbecue chicken with white sauce. That is one of Big Bob Gibson's original recipe that dates back to, to uh, 1925. Uh, it's uh, slow smoked with just salt and pepper over indirect heat, hickory wood, and then dipped in a vat of white barbecue sauce, which is a tangy, peppery sauce, but it's got a little mayonnaise in there that turns it white. The benefit here is it keeps the chicken from drying out after it's been uh, smoking for, you know, a full three hours. So you've got to have that. Definitely, I would say... That sounds so good. <laughs> I, bought, I bought three bottles of that home when I went there. <laughs> that white sauce is... And you don't see it everywhere. No, you don't. That's a Big Bob Gibson original sauce. So it's strictly even in the U.S. It's in the southeast east region. You can find it in grocery stores, and, um, and it's pretty saturated there. But once you get out of the south, you can't hardly find it. Uh, from there, definitely the, we do whole pork shoulders, which is a cut, uh, a raw cut of about probably 20 to 22 pounds before we put it on. Uh, we do a dry rub and cook that, uh, you know, low and slow all night long. And um, we're really proud of our pork shoulder. Um, we have won, I think, 
11 world championships just with our pork, our pork shoulder. Uh, so that's definitely one of our favorite cuts uh, that we do. Uh, so the pork, the chicken, uh, you've got to have our, our homemade pies as well. I've got, you know, in a typical barbecue restaurant, the pit guy, that's always the first guy there. Nope, not with us. It's our pie ladies who come in every morning <laughs> at 5.30 a.m. And, uh, and and start making the homemade pies before our pit guys even get there to, like to start cooking. Pie and- we do a peanut butter pie, chocolate pie, lemon icebox pie, coconut cream pie, and pecan pie every day. Oh, yeah. Have you seen Aziz's uh, Netflix show? Yeah, of course. You know the episode where they go... He takes that chick to Nashville or whatever. Yeah. And they, he, like, spends time looking for the white barbecue sauce. Yep. That's not Big Bob's, is it? I haven't seen the episode, and I haven't even heard about the episode, but if they're in Nashville looking for the white barbecue sauce, it is Big Bob Gibson's white sauce. It, oh, yeah, it is. So it might be. So, like, I am two hours. I'm a two-hour drive from Nashville, so I'm really close to yeah, Nashville. Yeah, so Aziz takes his girl on a date to Nashville for the weekend, and makes her miss a flight which makes her miss some a wedding or something looking for to go back to the restaurant to get this sauce and then they get to the airport and then it's for sale in the airport (laughs) that's pretty cool it's really funny um that's a good point though of like uh the differences in in barbecue across the states because i feel like alabama is in this great middle point because down the south the south south most southern point in texas it's all about cow and, uh, you know, pork almost doesn't get a look in. I remember I bought, they did a, like a top 50 barbecue in Texas um, episode of, sorry, not uh, issue of, uh, of the Texas Monthly. And um, the forward, it's like, so this is the top 50 barbecue in Texas and Texas does the best barbecue in America. So technically this is the best barbecue in America and nowhere else is barbecue. So these are the 50 best barbecue joints in the world. And it came with this like, just holier than thou attitude where they were like any idiot can can barbecue um pork and do a half decent job but you know it takes a level of care and professionalism that only texans have to to do to do uh you know brisket welcome to texas 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 is another country unto itself without a doubt and i say that you know you know kidding around i love to go to texas i've got a lot of good friends to texas but uh seriously once you cross that border uh they view texas as it's a it's a different country. State. They are separate from the United States. But uh, they're, yeah, they're bold, they're brash, they have that attitude, and I think it's pretty cool. And then the reverse of that is even for, is north of Alabama or at North Carolina. It's all about the hog, doing the whole hog barbecue. And I like that, you know, you're kind of in the middle of that, of that, of that situation, and, and you guys do a little bit of everything. That's it. You know, we'll let, uh, when it gets really fun is when you put somebody from Texas and somebody from North Carolina in the room and get them arguing about barbecue. <laughs> That's what's really fun. So, yeah, in Alabama, we just get to kick back and listen to them uh, squawk back and forth, and we just concentrate on <laughs> cooking some good Q. Uh, so we heard where Big Bob's came from, but how about yourself? So how, what was your training? How did you get into barbecue? Where did uh, it come it, from? You know, it's it's pretty neat. You know, when I was growing up, I always liked to cook. I li- always liked to cook outdoors. Still remember uh, grilling with my father, you know, way, you know, just, you know, as far as I can remember back, you know, when I couldn't even peek over the edge of the uh, charcoal grill in the backyard. So um always had those great memories and always something that I enjoyed, but I never would have dreamed that I would be doing what I'm doing now. Uh, I met my wife in college. Uh, I was uh, got a degree in marketing and finance, 
and uh, never dreamed, uh, never worked in the restaurant business at all, and uh, moved away with my wife. And uh, my father-in-law uh, decided he was going to wanted to open up another Big Bob Gibson barbecue. Uh, but I think he just did that to get his wife back home. <laughs> so uh, offered me the job. And uh, and I still feel that, uh, it, you know, as soon as I came back and took the job, I was a little bit hesitant, you know, working for the in-laws. But, uh, but got back and uh, – really fell in love i insisted on working the pit rooms that's where it all starts that's where everything's created so uh my job every day then was coming in and starting the pits you know uh before the sun came up working the pits first half a day and then learning the barbecue business you know as far as front of the house the uh the second so i put in a lot of hours you know year after year after year but my love is definitely back at the house in the pit room uh and that's still where you'll find me today if you come into the restaurant. We've got to talk about those because a lot of people down here, when they think barbecue, like at best, you've got those, you know, the big uh, Yoda-style smokers, the huge keggy kind of smoking barbecues. Most people do it on like a Weber kettle. Um, and some of the restaurants will have, you know, like we're now getting some of the bigger, more industrial-sized smokers in restaurants down here. But the real good places in the south have entire rooms dedicated to barbecue right where it's the entire room is just this hot smoky room that's right it's sort of cool and surreal you know and very sort of quiet and uh, you know it's got a sort of meditative quality to it you know it's uh, it's you know it, it's all about the fire and the smoke and you know you've got the old-fashioned brick pits in the chimneys and you know you've got the fans on the side of the wall that constant sort of low moan roar because you've got to pull you know the pit room fills up with smoke you've got so much cooking in there so it's uh yeah it's it's a whole room it's a pit room literally uh and and the the places you know, you go through Texas and the South, uh, the good barbecue restaurants definitely have a room dedicated to that. So the thing on Saturday, Fat Yak, whatever, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, you haven't M- told me anything M- M- about it. Mitch is, Mitch is the publicist for the festival. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did you did you say you and Rowan are going to do a judging course? Yeah. Before you act- So where is that and who puts that on? And also, how many people are doing it? Yeah. I've got no idea. Like, it seems like it's it's a pretty niche thing, you know? Like, how many people want to go out and learn how to judge barbecue Yeah, and especially, like, what Australian is putting... <laughs> what Australian is teaching people how to judge Southern barbecue? Well, they, they've, they've brought... Uh, barbecue judges from 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 the states to come right. and teach people th- about the judging process. Are, yeah, you, are you mates with barbecue judges, or or is there like a kind of standoff between the two of you? No, I mean most of the judging is blind, yeah. and so the teams will turn it in in a styrofoam box, and it's unmarked. Uh, it's uh, it's remarked when they turn in. There is absolutely. Uh, no way a judge will know what team is which, you know, on contest day. So you can have a, you know, relationship with judges, you know, and things like that. But you think about, uh, there's so many judges and barbecue so big in the state. So any given weekend, I could have like five, six, seven different barbecue contests that I could go to. So there's so many judges, so many different contests. It's not like you're seeing the same barbecue judges time in and time out. And barbecue contests in the states have grown. Um, 
it's like uh, you know, people. It's it's a hobby for a lot of people. Uh, it's definitely a business for me, but it's a hobby for a lot of people. Instead of going and play golf on the weekend or or doing things that really appeal to them, they like to cook barbecue. So uh, so now it's a sort of a barbecue com- community uh, that uh, these people every weekend they go to different contests and they see the same people cooking. They cook against each other and hang out all night cooking barbecue. So it's sort of a sort of a cool thing same way for the judges they sort of develop friends through this uh sort of barbecue community so that's what they do on the weekends they go and they eat barbecue at these different contests so i'd like to be a judge (laughs) (laughs) um can i ask like coming into a business like big bobs which has nearly 100 years of history uh, and learning the trade and obviously you guys are doing an amazing job and it's got this amazing history um do you take outside influences and bring them into the restaurant now and in these days? Do you train in other places? Do you take like, is there a opportunity for expression of a, of a new style of barbecue, or is it kind of strict on the history of what Big Bob's is all about? Now that is a beautiful question. Love that question, uh, and that <laughs> and that usually when I do interviews, I, I never get that question, and yes. that would that's what appeals to me most. Because at the restaurant, we do strictly Southern-style barbecue. Um, But uh, I like to be a little bit more creative. I like to do a lot more. So when I travel, that's when I really uh, do a lot more things. So um, winning the competitions, traveling around winning the competitions, being in a restaurant that has so much history has given me the opportunity to travel to different places. So I do uh, several wine and food festivals, uh, big one, South Beach Wine and Food Festival, Atlanta in the States, New York, Aspen, you know, so I do things like that. Uh, also do uh, a lot of corporate caterings and stuff all over the States. Um, um, I get the opportunity to experiment. One of my favorite things to do is eat when I travel. So uh, that's what I'm doing here in Australia. I'm trying as many different restaurants as I can because one thing might jump out at me. Maybe it's a cooking technique. Maybe it's a particular spice or an ingredient that I can take back and utilize and sort of skew off, go on a tangent and uh, do something barbecue related to it. It doesn't have to be a barbecue restaurant. Um I guess my favorite place in the world to go visit is New York City because there's so many different kinds of restaurants and and I can get so many different ideas going to these restaurants, you know, um and carry those back and do experimentation in the kitchen. So that's that's my love. I li- love to create and um I do a lot a lot of anything outdoor cooking. Uh, is is I guess my forte. It doesn't necessarily have to be true Southern barbecue. So when you're traveling so much, how many pitmasters does Big Bob's have? Because if you're not there, obviously the restaurant's still running. Got a lot of really good uh, pitmasters. Uh, at uh, my right hand guys, uh, Ken Hess. His background is he's got a degree at uh, from Oklahoma State in hotel and restaurant management. He also uh, has attended the CIA, Culinary Institute of America. Uh, so he is a trained chef, worked at the Greenbrier Resort in West Virginia. So he's got a lot of uh, culinary background. Uh, he is uh, full-time there at the restaurant and uh, one of our pit masters. And plus, we've got the guys who have started working for us, you know, when they're in their teens. And uh, we've got uh, people there that have worked for us for 30, 40 years 
in the pit rooms. So when I leave, it, they absolutely do not miss a beat. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's an insane amount of uh, just having to be so strict on yourself. I mean, we we can we complain about uh, the lack of discipline in young chefs on mm-hmm. the show quite frequently, but the level of discipline you've got to have on yourself to keep the long hours of a pit master must be crazy. It is, and and you've got it's got you've got to be a particular. Uh, You've got to be sort of a little bit more laid back. You know, you've got to have a little more laid back attitude about life and about uh, what you do. But when it comes down to it, just like any other food, you have to have that passion. And you have to deeply care about uh, um, about your cooking and what you want to present to your customers. We like a little bit of slander on the mention. So uh, is, there, is there any anything happening in, in barbecue at the moment or is there anything that you consider not to be barbecue? Um, well, that's a pretty good question too. Um, it's pretty the, good. Okay. You still win, Mike. Don't worry. Okay. The good thing, <laughs> uh, the great thing about uh, barbecue contests and, and things is the overall community. And, uh, this is something that a lot of people can enjoy together. Uh, like I said, part of barbecue for me is the time I spent while I'm cooking, hanging out with people. Um, but a lot of people are coming up and just learning the competition side of it. Okay, so they know four things. They know how to do ribs. They know how to do brisket. They know how to do um, uh, chicken and pork per competition turn in. And beyond that, they don't get any other experience on any other meats and they don't know how to cook barbecue, um, you know, to feed to feed, you know, 20, 30 people, you know, feed the masses. Um so I would say if anything is uh, that I, it sort of rubs me the wrong way is the people that jump in barbecue and the only thing that they learn is competition barbecue cooking. I love barbecue competitions and I think that is uh, that's a gateway to, uh, you know for people to uh, to learn the art, but I don't want them to stop there. Yeah, that's a great point because I mean yeah and you would have you would have countless uh, barbecue competition uh and uh, finalists and and winners that would have no wrestling experience whatsoever right right but but a lot of times the competition will give them a platform to open up a restaurant to open up a catering with four Uh, things on the menu oh well (laughs) that's that's where i don't want to stop i want to you know learn the craft and sometimes it's kind of familiar doesn't it yeah you know sometimes you lose that um I, you know, I think back to all the all the hours and hours and days and weeks that I've spent in the pit room. And um, barbecue, to me, I don't really have to think about it anymore. And it really doesn't matter what I cook on as well, whether it is a, you know, a Weber kettle or a or a Yoder or a, you know, big, you know, commercial rotisserie or a old-fashioned brake pit. It really doesn't matter. Once you understand the art and how to cook, uh, you can cook on absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it goes for, you know, a, you know, chef as well. Um, you know, it really doesn't matter what kitchen you're in. You put a chef in a different kitchen, you know, uh, cooking is cooking if you understand the principles. Do the, do they have that on uh, in, in the competitions? Do you have to sometimes, like, challenges, cook on a Weber kettle, cook in a brick pit? Is there some – or can you bring whatever cooking utensil you want? Are there any restricted competitions where it's like a challenge? There are. Uh, every once in a while, somebody will come up with a, stri- a restrictive competition that is pretty cool. Um, uh, 
and then some have uh, less restrictions and less rules. KCBS, Kansas City Barbecue Society, is absolutely the biggest in America with the most guidelines, the most trained judges, uh, in the, you know, and that's the four categories. Some, uh, some sanctioning bodies have less categories than that. So KCBS does an excellent job. And KCBS is, is who's come down here to run the exactly. run, right. they've got a, okay. They've got an entire international team that comes to these contests right. to train judges, to talk to the, you know, the barbecuers and everything to promote, you know, low and slow style barbecue, cool. um, which is cool. So you're in good hands here. But every once in a while, again, I like your creativity. I like to get challenged. And it seems like you do, too. So, um, so yeah, I appreciate things like that. One comes to mind. I went to a international competition in Jamaica one time, and it was a sort of a southern-style Jamaica jerk contest. There were like 15, 16 different countries represented, and they gave you two 55-gallon drums cut in half. They gave you two red snapper, two chickens, two slabs of ribs, and two pork butts. And they said, go. (laughs) (laughs) And it was all blind turn in. And they said, oh, yeah, we have uh, 50% of the judges are Jamaican and 50% of the judges are from all over the world. That's so good. How'd you go? I won it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason he told the story. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. <laughs> so that's the, that's the kind of stuff that, in, you awesome. know, any time they're challenged. And I was talking to somebody today. I, I think it'd be cool to go to a barbecue contest and have a raffle drawing on whose cooker you use. So everybody put their cooker in a raffle, and you got to use something. And else. you draw draw it. Oh, I'm using that 
ugly piece of junk over there. Why did you even bring, you know? So, so yeah, that would be cool. I like, you know, I like to be taken. I like, I like the challenge, you know, a lot of cooks aren't like that, but I like it. And we've heard, we've heard a lot about the proteins, but there's another big side to, to barbecue. Did I, t- did I take your question? Yeah, yeah. And you even said there's another big side to barbecue, and I prefer like you're going to say sides, right? Yeah, I'm going to go with sides. <laughs> you took my joke. <laughs> yeah, so yes. I want to know about the sides. Thank you, Levs. Um, and also, do they ever get uh, included in the competitions? So tell us about the sides of Big Bobs, and then are they ever a part of, of the competition like barbecuing? Because I love them. I think they're a huge you know, factor when it goes to a meal. Right. Uh, um, size at Big Bob Gibson's. A sta- let me talk about staple sides for barbecue. Typically for barbecue on the stage, your staple sides are coleslaw, baked beans, potato salad, um, you know, things like that. Those are probably your three barbecue staples. And then you go off from there. At Big Bob's, we add uh, to those three. We do green beans. We do um, turnip greens. Um Mac and cheese. Um, let's see what all else on uh, cornbread you know, baked on the potato. menu. Uh, we don't have cornbread, but cornbread is a southern staple without a doubt. Um, you know, you get the cornbread's awesome with barbecue. Um, yeah, I agree. Sides are pretty awesome. And what we do at the restaurant too is uh, we utilize um, we utilize like. Uh, for our greens and green beans uh we make stock out of a lot of the smoked pork bones and things like that you know in the skin the leftover uh from the pork that's been smoking all like all night long so instead of like cooking bacon and rendering it out we're using a lot of things um you know that come off the slow cooked slow roasted pork shoulders also the beef brisket you is <laughs> really great for us so Every time we cook a uh, beef brisket, I capture some of that beef jus, and then we'll utilize that in our turnip greens and green beans. So a lot of our side dishes, you know, you have the drippings and uh, and and what's rendered off the low and slow cut meats that we add back in to to as flavor for for our side dishes. Awesome. So the main reason you're here is for the Yaks Barbecue Festival this weekend, uh, which is uh, being put on by Yaks Ale. Um, uh, I did some research. Yeah. <laughs> did some Googling. <laughs> I read that email they sent me. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, a big component of that is the uh, KCBS Barbecue Competition. Um, are you going to be judging in that in any way of shape or form? Or? I will not be, but I'm going to be hanging out all weekend long. So if there's anybody out there who wants to come talk uh, barbecue, I'll be doing a demo on the stage on Saturday, uh, a couple different demos. Uh, I'll be talking barbecue and then uh, doing a demo on pork, uh, probably pork shoulder or pork butt and barbecue ribs as well. Uh, so I'm going to be out there all day Saturday uh, while the competition is going on. Okay, these teams are going to be cooking, uh, get there on Friday, cook all night long, and then the judging will be midday on Saturday. But the festival itself will be there uh, all day. You know, uh, Kansas City Barbecue Society, KCBS, which is the, the international group coming over from the States, they're going to oversee all the judging and everything to make sure it's fair. The teams are going to be cooking, hanging out all night. You know, you, you know, uh, somebody that comes to this is going to, you know, expect all these beautiful smells of this slow cooked meat you know when they arrive and uh and it's it, it's going to be a pretty cool atmosphere so anybody that's interested uh, absolutely come on out you know who knows is something might be something that you get interested in 
and then we'll see you, uh, you know, on the grill next year, actually cooking <laughs> in the competition. Yeah, it's all going down in the domain. There are still tickets oh, there available. Um, so uh, clearly, you weren't good enough to judge the uh, the competition. Unlike <laughs> exactly, <laughs> un- unlike maybe next year, myself and Rowan here, mm. uh, barbecue judge first timers. We need you to give us some tips. What should we be looking out for? What makes what makes great barbecue? Wait, Chris, before you do that, I want to know what Rowan is expecting and looking for. Great question. <laughs> Without being told specifically what to look for. Look, I've, I've, got, I've got a bit of barbecue experience. Uh, you know, I, I did my time in Memphis. Thank you very much. As, a, not, as a part-time rapper? Or? Yeah, well, actually, you know, we're cruising or down. Or vigilante. We, we were in, yeah, well, I was actually in Nashville for Country Music Week. Thank you very much. So, so you've done some eating in your yeah, time, Yeah, I did down to Memphis. Yeah. And, you know, I've done that. Also been to Bunnings a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I know we disqualified that as authentic barbecue pretty early on in the piece. But, um, so just, when, a, when a plate of pork comes, yep. pork butt comes, what are, you look, what are you looking for, Ron? Uh, look, not too much sauce. You know, you've got to let the meat do a bit of the work. Um, something that's tasty. You know, it's something that I can enjoy with friends. <laughs> I'm not an overly picky eater. And so I know I've come to the right podcast. You know? but, um, yeah, I know. I, well, to be honest, the reason I'm doing the course today is to know what I'm looking for. Thank you for putting me on the spot. All right. All right. <laughs> we've we've been been to Let's hear from the expert. What are we looking for, Chris? Uh, and Rowan's right. Uh, the uh, the judging class that he'll be going through, they did do an outstanding job. They'll have samples there. They'll he'll be able to pick through and taste some things side uh, by you side. You get a free meal too, Rowan. Uh, Fucking hell. <laughs> no such thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> the things that uh, judges look for, the criteria that they judge, are taste, tenderness, and appearance, and they're weighted different. Taste having the highest weight. So if your plate looks like crap and but it tastes really good, you know you may score good. So um, so you've got uh, so taste is weighted the highest, and then tenderness, and then appearance. Uh, so what uh, Rowan needs to be looking for first, they'll judge on appearance. They'll open up the box and uh, and see what it looks like. He mentioned sauce. Yes, if you just cover the meat with the sauce, you know it's not gonna. It's, it's to me, it wouldn't look good. And then it's not going to taste it's going to taste like sauce and and he's right if it covers up the flavor of the pork uh you know I've, i would definitely ding it for that but uh i want a uh, i want a well-rounded pork flavor i want to be able to tell the the smoke that they've utilized all night long but it can't be bitter and over smoked um you know it's got to just have a, a nice smoke flavor in the background um but, and that's something that is uniform something that is uh you know that is got all the components you can have a little bit spice but it's not too hot but it's uh flavored nicely with the dry rub and the sauce combination awesome. yeah so like basically what i said exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you ten- got it unlocked bro you know, and, and, you'll be international judge in no time and tenderness you want something that is not overcooked that you put it in your mouth and it just turns to to mush that it's overcooked uh but you uh, you don't want to something that you have to really bear down and tug on uh, uh, low and slow barbecue should be easily you could easily pull it apart with your fingers and that's another thing you'll find out there's there's no silverware at all because we want the judges to use their hands to pull to tug uh, to taste um, so yeah no silverware in barbecue judging Chris, you wrote the um, the big Bob Gibson's uh, barbecue book that came out in 2009, and one of the quotes from it is really great. It's like one of the most southern things I've ever read. Uh, you're talking about 
how to know if uh, a chicken is done. And I think you said if uh, if you twist the the, uh, the drumstick and it and it doesn't pull pull out at all, then it, it needs to be cooked longer. But if you twist it and it spins like a Las Vegas uh, a roulette wheel, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you, you've gone a little bit over. <laughs> so, so yeah, you you know you chickens. Uh, that's typically how I tell the last part of the chicken that's going to get done is the joint between the leg and the thigh. So, if you take the leg drumstick and just turn it, and there's a little bit of tension, but then. It, it gives and that joint breaks your chicken's ready to go um but yeah if that if that leg bone spins uh you know <laughs> you, you've fun. gone a little over very few places do um or well, at least in in through my experience of eating it's I mean, as much barbecue as i could in in three weeks uh, it was rare to see chicken on the menu and i feel like a lot of people are, are, are scared of putting it on their menu is that is that true or is that because yours is the only place that I found chicken on the menu. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That surprises me because chicken is definitely our, our go-to. Um, that's actually, I'm doing a dinner tonight at um, LP's mm-hmm. here locally. And um, we're doing a barbecue chicken with this. white sauce. I'm not working tonight. I'm going to crash that party. <laughs> <laughs> Can you bring me some takeaway? Yeah. Can I have some? Yeah, I'd love a chicken delivery. Are you doing the white sauce? Yeah, doing the oh, white sauce. I love a chicken and white sauce delivery. I'm definitely coming. I'm definitely popping in tonight. Yeah, tell us what you're putting putting together for the LP's dinner tonight. So, yeah, a dinner at LP's Quality Meat. Uh, tonight, there's two sittings, one at 6 o'clock and one at 8. Uh, this, this podcast is going up tomorrow morning, so you're just, adding, you're just rubbing, rubbing salt into the wounds. And it was delicious. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, I just uh, I, I just told them, I said, look, what do you want me to cook? I don't, you know, um, I'm comfortable cooking just about anything. And they wanted me to do barbecue chicken and then uh, lamb ribs is what uh, what I'm cooking as well. Uh, the cut, I saw it. It's, it's actually a pretty cut. It's lamb ribs. It includes the belly as well. So I'll be cooking oh, nice. uh, lamb ribs with belly. Uh, for that, I'm doing a uh, – I make a like a seasoning dry rub paste uh, out of uh, uh, soy sauce, olive oil, and then a bunch of seasoning. So you've got rosemary, thyme paprika a little bit of ginger um of course ground black pepper salt uh touch of sugar um but it's a wet rub paste that i'll put on and then slow smoke the ram lamb ribs for about four hours and then do a uh rosemary fig barbecue sauce that i'll make in house for that and then the uh and the barbecue chicken is simple it's like we do in the restaurant salt and pepper uh put it on slow smoke it uh, split the chickens open butterfly the chickens and, uh, and then they get dipped in a vat of white sauce before they hit the plate. Fuck. Uh, they're also doing uh, beef short ribs and sausage as well to to add Shows more protein to the menu. And uh, we'll probably whip up some sides as well today. Yeah, we've we've had uh, Luke Powell from LPs. He's the LP in LPs Quality Meats, and uh, he's. Uh, I guess the guy that does most of the charcuterie and and uh, and, and meat work making yeah. um, at LP's Shaz, um, they've both been on the on the podcast in the past. Yeah, Luke heard I, heard I was coming in town and he he left the he country. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm Probably good hands over there. I dropped by yesterday and just uh, had a cold beer uh, over there and just visited, saw the kitchen, and uh, yeah. you're in good hands with Shannon. Yeah, he's, Shannon's he's seems like a best. great guy. He knows and it's his birthday as well, so happy birthday, Shannon! Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's his birthday today, that's no. correct. Happy birthday, Shaz. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I, 
you mentioned I, mean, I brought up chicken earlier and how it was rare for me to see it on the menu but even rarer than that is, is seeing lamb on a menu in the states in general let alone at a barbecue restaurant it's expensive over in America not compared to Australia it's really expensive and you know I was glad they wanted to do lamb because because uh, the lamb is so good over here, and uh, you know in the states, you know you can get some good lamb, but you've got to you've got to search for it. Um, again, I like to experiment. I like to do different things. Um, uh, I did lamb ribs at the South Beach Wine and Food Festival last year, and uh, at an event called Meatopia. So it was chefs from all over the country cooking whatever protein they wanted. Heck, I wanted to do lamb, so so I did lamb ribs and actually uh, won Meatopia with my lamb ribs. So uh, got a little award-winning lamb ribs. <laughs> Old Chris's story is finished with just and then I won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lamb ribs are actually like more readily available on menus down here at the moment than pork ribs, as far as like because you know, pork ribs are mad expensive. As I said, yeah, lamb ribs are about a tenth of the price of, of pork yeah. ribs here. Pork ribs, oh wow, will hit you up like 30, 30 bucks wow. a kilo. Yeah, yeah. In Alabama, you don't find many lamb ribs on the menu. I'll just tell you that. It's like pork ribs used to be really cheap, and then they got really popular. So now they're really expensive. Supply yeah. and demand, people. <laughs> supply. You know, I think it's about supply and demand. Don't yeah, you know? just <laughs> turn this into an economics podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yeah. All right, now I'm ready. <laughs> and you know, in the states too, the hogs so they raise their hogs a lot bigger. Uh, you know, before they harvest than than here. So. Um, so, you know, our pork, pork ribs are generally a lot bigger, a lot thicker, a lot more meat on them uh, than a lot of places when I travel. Pigs so, are butchered different, differently here too, right? Definitely cut yeah. different. As cut, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, different. Um, so, yeah, you've got to get used to the cuts as well. Yeah, I mean, I think in that, especially when it comes to ribs, that's why the, the barbecue scene here isn't anywhere near as big. The chefs that, that are cooking it haven't got as much passion. In fact, LP's is... Not a barbecue restaurant by any stretch of the word, but they have an amazing smoker. They know their meat. They know their cuts. And they smoke meat better than anyone that I've eaten in, in, in the country, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I feel like like we had a very like inescapable barbecue trend um, that my restaurant was, was a part of um, earlier on. We tried to work within our limitations and do, you know, a very limited amount of barbecue. We had pork on the menu but because of uh the we were in an underground nightclub so i had to use like an uh, a small electronic smoker that um then like you know the exhaust fan was directly above it so we were able to funnel all the smoke out as quickly as possible and it didn't fill the nightclub up with the smoke that didn't come out of a smoke machine um <laughs> but uh i feel like even even then i was still like one of the few people that was actually doing barbecue you know even close to properly a lot a lot of people just grabbed onto those buzzwords and kind of just put them on their menu without any understanding of of uh of of the history of barbecue and what it should taste like you know I mean, have you have you seen any countries besides america that that have really understood barbecue as well as america or i think they're getting there this and it happened in the states as well you know i told about the division between north and south and barbecue and grilling um there for a while, you know, you had these really talented chefs in the the north that basically had uh, really mastered their craft and their niche, uh, you know, in, in the culinary world. But then they started craving. Keep in mind, all of the uh, culinary schools in America, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they did not cover anything barbecue. Now that's changed. But you had all these chefs in the north that really craved, uh, you know, uh, barbecue and wanted to know something about it, wanted to start putting it on their menu. 
and uh, kudos for them to for uh, putting in the time as opposed to just winging it. You know, I had chefs from all over the north that would come down and and stodge or hang out with us for you know a, you know a few days or a week or so, or meet me out in you know competitions and stuff, and really you know want to put in the time and learn the art uh, so they could incorporate that on their menu. While me at the same time, you know, I've got this low and slow stuff down and I'm trying to, I do the same thing with them. You know, I go, you know, go up there and hang out at their restaurant and I want to learn, uh, you know, what they've worked all their life. Uh, Fast and high. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, good. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I've learned a tremendous amount, uh, not only from the chefs in the U.S., but when I travel as well. And believe me, you know, just like at LPs, when I go over there, you know, my eyes are going to be wide open. And a uh, good chef learns something every day. And uh, and uh, I'm, I'm going to plan on learning a little bit, picking up a, whether it's a flavor profile or cooking technique, you know, while I'm cooking with them all day as well. Any, is there any Australian animals that you've seen so far that you might want to smoke? No, but I'm going to the zoo um, <laughs> on, I think, this weekend sometime. You taking a barbecue with you? I'm going to go to the zoo. Just and I'm, I've got my eye, Like I said, I've got my eyes open all the time. All right? <laughs> Have you come across any bizarre, you know, like stranger animals on, on, on menus or in contests that people are barbecuing? You know, at Memphis in May, uh, they have an exotic category, uh, sort of an ancillary category, side category. You know, they do a lot of different things, but one is exotic. So um, you get some strange stuff in there, um, you know, and... Uh, is it like gator tail? Yeah, I was going to say. You know, that just, would be exotic. Yeah. That would be exotic. Uh, but some of the entries that the judges open up and they don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, this is a blind This is a blind taste test. And, you know, you take a contest with 275 teams and everybody, you know, a lot of people are out there drinking. And... <laughs> um, uh, put it this way: Sometimes you might not want to judge the exotic category. <laughs> Get revenge on the judges. <laughs> have, have you guys done much with like retail stuff like that? No, I haven't personally. Um, there are a lot of people that have used it. It's really, I think Hongi uses it for consomme and stuff, and Dan Puskas over at Six Penny uses retail for a consomme and stuff like that mm. as well. Yeah, well. What did you just say? Rutail, so okay, okay. I thought that was. I was trying to put that together. So yeah, I thought that. It's very similar to oxtail. I have yeah. never used rutail. You'd like it. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Is it fatty though? Is it that that's the one? Is it one part of gelatinous. Uh, fatty? Right. It's gelatinous. gelatinous. Not many animals in Australia have fat because yeah. it's not a very nice country to grow Being up an animal, as an yeah. animal. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can describe some Sweet Australian. <laughs> we can describe some Australian uh, animals and what they taste like to Chris. Um, an emu tastes like eating a wallet. <laughs> oh, emu's delicious. I've had emu. I've had emu. Emu's very yeah. good. It's a lean meat. One of the ones that we can't have anymore <laughs> that I think Chris would have really liked was the wombat. So back in the like the early 1800s, I think, or late 1800s, when, they, when Mike was a teenager. <laughs> no, but I read all of that. Is they used to they used to hunt wombat. They called it the Australian pig, and it was meant to be a really good meat, but you're not allowed to, to hunt them anymore. But it was akin to to pig because it, it laid fat and it had big like joints on the hind and big shoulders. So a wombat. When you go to the zoo, look at the wombat and then think about him over it. You know, a little bit of really? barbecue sauce. I've never eaten wombat. Yeah. At one point they were hunting and there was actually a reward for shooting a wombat because they were <clears throat> digging up all the farmland and being a pest. And so at the same time they were eating them. So people would go out and, and shoot wombats and the, the government would pay them and then they would eat the wombats. And it was called the Australian pig. That's crazy. 
That's a that's a great Mike story. Yeah. From, the, from Mike the Australian story. pig himself. <laughs> <laughs> How many tickets would I sell at LPs tonight if I had smoked wombat? I think you'd get shut down. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd get absolutely. So Mike's spoken about this this dinner that he did recently on the podcast in the past, but I think Chris, you would really love love the idea of it. He did a feral animals dinner. Nice. Where he uh, cooked various animals that are seen as a pest in Australia, but people, uh, you know, uh, you, you can eat them. Yeah. Um, and we actually did a lot of work <clears throat> at LPs to use the smoker because some of the tougher cuts. We had water buffalo, we had camel, uh, we had hares and rabbits. Um, I can't think what else. We had uh, feral carp, so similar to the carp you guys get in the rivers in uh, America. So, yeah, it was all that sort of stuff, but it was, it was good fun. And what was your favorite? The camel. Camel was fantastic. You, you'd love camel meat. You've got to try to find some. It's really good. And water buffalo was really good as well. It was like a, a leaner, more flavorsome kind of beef. But yeah, we smoked them at LPs and they came up a treat, you know. What did you smoke them in? Just a bit of salt and pepper or? Uh, we, we didn't. We just seasoned with salt because we didn't really want to master flavors for a lot of the food. We wanted it to just be a little bit smoky, really well cooked. And that's why we did it at LPs because they're really good at cooking. Uh, and we want people to actually taste the flavor of the random meats. We didn't think there was much point. Like, uh, kind of like similar to the thing about burying it in sauce. You know, we didn't want to just take away from the, the flavor of the actual camel because the whole point of people coming to this dinner was to taste a new sort of animal. Yeah. What would be the equivalent of that? What feral animals could be on the menu at a feral dinner at Big Bob Gibson's? Definitely, number one would be uh, like a wild hog. Uh, those things are a pest and, uh, you know, tear up farmland and things like that. So you definitely want to get rid of those. Um, um, you got giant pythons in uh, Florida, don't you, in the Everglades? You could get some of those shipped over. They got yeah, the Asian I guess pythons. you could. <laughs> um, I think, no, I think uh, like possum, yeah. raccoon, yeah. you know, things like that. Those, those you could eat those, but you, uh, you know, people usually don't. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever had beaver? Because I've been told that beaver and I've never had beaver. Really good. I've never had beaver. I've heard it's fantastic meat. Well, I'll be. What about bear? <laughs> have you eaten bear? I've had bear. Bear's yeah. meant to be really good. Yeah, we can do bear. But uh, <laughs> you know, this is now a, bra- a bragging competition between my Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what about human? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no one listens to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a safe place. Oh, so Chris Lilly, you haven't eaten a dude? <laughs> <laughs> Negative. I'm not even... <laughs> yeah, let me just get that out there. <laughs> Chris strictly eats beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Probably needs to edit the last yeah, thing. And now, <laughs> now, now no one listens to the podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I might need to go ch- change the answer to that question. <laughs> uh, well, Chris, thanks so much for joining us on the missions today. Um, we look forward to seeing you this Saturday in the Domain in Sydney. And if you are listening in Melbourne, it's happening next Saturday, the 6th of February in, at Flemington Racecourse. And uh, Chris, you'll be there too. And uh, at both events, there'll be, um, as well as all the competition stuff, there will be some uh, some of the better uh, barbecue options in Melbourne and Sydney are kind of uh, are do- selling food on the day. I know you've got um, uh, people like Portano is is involved and um, uh, Anton's new joint um, over in uh, uh, Swine, Bovine and Swine over in Enmore. He, he's doing some stuff too. I've cooked with him at uh, at events at um, 
at Vicks in the past and they're always really good. So yeah, in for a treat. If you like barbecue, definitely get to one of those events and support it. Let people know that good barbecue is something you're interested in and hopefully we'll see more of it down here. Um, and if you're ever in Al- Decatur, Alabama, um, where should we go to find you? Definitely Big Bob Gibson Barbecue uh, in Decatur, Alabama. It's north central. We're near, uh, we're about two hours from Nashville, close to Birmingham, a um, few hours from Atlanta. So if you get over to the States, uh, we'll work, we are worth the drive. So yeah. come see me, all right? I, I visited when I was driving from Memphis to Atlanta. Gotcha. Yeah. It was the best pit stop I ever made. <laughs> ah, great, great. And also, I've got a new book out, Fire and Smoke, uh, that came out last year. So uh, you definitely want to check that out. Those are some of the recipes that I do when I travel all over the country and uh, some of my non-traditional uh, barbecue recipes. Awesome. And, of course, you'll be able to see Joyride and myself, DJ, at the Yaks Festival in the Domain this Saturday. Uh, Joyride, what else is going on with you? Anything you want to plug? Um, Your new judging, barbecue judging career? Take yeah, it off. yeah. I'm, I'm quitting music. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting into the barbecue judging. No, Meeting Tree just got announced for Groove in the Moo. So if you're into regional Australian festivals. Mike? Mike? No, Big fan? I, I don't understand any of those words. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're doing that tour. Um, doing it. Oh, actually, that hasn't been announced. No, no, no. <laughs> Bunch of shit. Having fun. Waking up late. Mike, what do you got on? Mike made a massive announcement last week on every format except his podcast. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're taking over at 10 William Street for uh, Pinbones doing a pop-up there, collaboration with 10 William. We'll be there for four months, um, working with Marco and Gio and Enrico. So it's really exciting. Um, I didn't know we were going to go public with that. So that's why I didn't say anything on the podcast. And now it's live. So, yep, we're doing that. And I fly out to Bali to cook at Quincy Resorts on Saturday. So all you legions of Balinese listeners, make sure you go check out Mike. (laughs) Yeah, come to Longbok because the resort is phenomenal. So, yeah, definitely. Mitchie, anything going on? Uh, Next Friday, uh, the episode of Chef's Night Out for munchies.com that we did goes live all around the world so that's pretty cool there's a premiere screening on Thursday night that's invite only so doesn't really concern anyone else (laughs) Uh, but yeah so check that out on munchies.com on Friday the 5th easy Um, you can find me at twitter.com slash levdog I've got a uh uh, a new article out uh, in Good Food uh, this week, I think. I don't know. They're taking their sweet time with it, but it's all about the best ice creams in, that you can find this summer. Um, shouts to Fandangles, my new favorite ice cream. <laughs> uh, Joyride can be found at Don Joyride. Mike is at Pinbone. And Mitch is at Krillin on the Run on Twitter and at Instacrill on Instagram. Chris, you got a social network platform you want to... At Chris Lilly BBQ on just about everything. And how many Australians have said, wait... Not the Chris Lilly. I'm familiar uh, yeah, with, right? Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that <laughs> without a doubt. Have you Have you watched any of his shows? Uh, he's a pretty funny, dude. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, we don't get a whole lot over in the states, but yeah, I've caught him on, on a couple occasions. Makes so. great barbecue as well. Watch <laughs> That's out. what I hear. That's <laughs> he, what I hear. He actually he, comes. He comes to uh, to a lot of my parties. Maybe he'll come. He'll come. Oh, really? He'll come on on Saturday to watch me teach. He probably he probably hates me. Who is this? Who is this guy? When you <laughs> when I Google myself, who is this? Who is this guy? <laughs> he's in my way. <laughs> get, get his ass out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Mitch, and you can find us Facebook.com 
slash the mission or send us an email the mission podcast at gmail.com love to hear from you please leave us a nice review on itunes if you like this episode and you want more barbecue stuff on the mission cheers cheers it's the mission podcast even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.